All right, turn to Joshua chapter number 5 and verse number 9. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 9. Now, it's very important that you pay attention this morning because i got lots to say and you don't want to get confused, do you? So, Joshua chapter number 5, beginning with verse number, let's see, verse number 9. Joshua 5, beginning with verse number 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal, kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, the unleavened bread on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on that day that they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Look at verse number 12. This is so significant. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. One more time, verse number 12. Everybody say, then the manna ceased. Everybody say, the manna ceased. The manna ceased. I want to start a sermon series, and I actually already started it a few Sundays ago. I was talking about Abraham and growing, growing as a believer, and so I want to continue that thought. And this morning I want to preach on digging deeper, digging deeper. And I don't want you to miss uh, next Sunday, we're going to continue this, uh, the idea of how do I go deeper as a believer. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus the Lord. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. We pray that you would open our ears and our hearts that we would hear and understand your word. And everyone said a great big amen. Digging deeper. How many would raise your hand and agree with Pastor Josh that you desire to go deeper in your Christian life? How many has a desire to experience what God has for you in your life? How many is tired of just hearing about it and seeing other people blessed, but you are experiencing a dry spot in your life and you've had questions in your life, when am I ever going to experience what God wants me to experience? How many would say amen to that? Well, this morning and today and next Sunday and the Sundays after that, we're going to be exploring this idea, how do I go deeper as a Christian? And I believe that God has called you to go deeper. One of the greatest things and the greatest challenges that I have as a leader of a body of Christians is trying to get people to grow. That's a, that's a challenge to me. Not only with this church, but it's a challenge with the other church I pastored and in just in ministry in general. It's quite amazing to me how people stay stagnant for years and years and years. They stay stagnant. Now, I'm sharing my heart this morning from the Word of God. Don't take this personally. This is a general blanket statement, okay? From my years of ministry, what I have observed. If you are growing, which you should be growing, I encourage you to press on to growth. If you're not growing, these sermons of series, these sermon series are going to propel you to a deeper level of growth. So I want you to understand that what I have observed in my own ministry is people become so stagnant and it may not even be they are aware of it. Maybe they're not aware of it. These are good people, love Jesus, go to church. They want to do what's best. They try their best to serve God, but yet they don't realize how stagnant they have become in their Christian life and development. 
And me as a pastor, according to Ephesians chapter 4, my responsibility is to propel you to Christian growth and development. My responsibility as a pastor is not to preach feel-good sermons so that you feel good every Sunday and you leave and you feel good about what you're not doing in your life. My responsibility as a pastor, according to Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave some apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and prophets for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Is that not what the Word of God says? Ephesians chapter number 4, look at it very briefly, they'll put it behind me. And I want you to notice, and I just quoted it to you, but it's sometimes that we just got to see what the Word of God is saying here. Ephesians chapter 4, and I want you to look at my responsibility, my responsibility as pastor. Verse number 11, and he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some, uh, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The Bible says in verse number 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse number 13, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of Man to a perfect man. The word perfect means mature. To a mature man, to the measure and the statue of the fullness of Christ. So ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you a question. What is my responsibility as a pastor? My responsibility as a pastor is that I would equip you to do the work of the ministry, number one. My responsibility as your pastor is to help you to mature in the faith to become a perfect person or a mature person. How many would agree with what the Bible just taught this morning? Say amen. That is my responsibility, is to mature you, to push you onto growth and spiritual growth and development. So my question to you this morning is this. Are you growing as a Christian? Are you growing as a believer? When was the last time that you took time to pray during the day? When was the last time that you and your spouse held hands, and you prayed together over your family and over your marriage? When was the last time that you and your spouse made a budget together and you decided that you was going to increase in your giving this year and not decrease in your giving? When was the last time that you and your spouse or your family sat down and had family devotions and for once a week you decided that instead of watching TV, we're going to explore the scriptures together as a family? When was the last time that you made goals and strategic goals in your spiritual life that this year I'm going to read a few books, I'm going to read the Bible through, I'm going to start with the book of Genesis and I'm going to read through to the book of Revelation. I've made it a goal to read the Bible through in a year. Do you know that 86% of Christians in America have never read the Bible through not one time? 86% of Christians have not read the Bible through not one time. 86% of Christians have not read the Bible through one time. Do you know that 74% of Christians don't even know what the Ten Commandments are? 74% don't even know what the Ten Commandments are. We are living in a biblically illiterate age where we don't know what the, the Ten Commandments are. There is no longer prayer in our private places or public places any longer. There's no hunger for spiritual growth and development, and we're wondering what's wrong with our society. Ladies and gentlemen, my responsibility as your preacher, as your pastor, is to promote spiritual growth in your life because you are not called to stay where you're at. You are called to go from A to B to C. You're not called to stay in one realm. You are called 
called to go to another realm, another chapter, another phase. You're not called to be stagnant. You're not, come on, somebody. You're not called to stay where you're at. I want to know, is there anybody? I know I'm getting excited up in here. But is there anybody in the building, you're ready to go on to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. You don't want to stay where you've been. You want to grow up. Are you growing? Has your attitude changed? Are you still with the same attitude? Are you, are you progressing in your behavior, your conduct, in the likeness of Christ? How much do you look like Jesus? Is your character representing Jesus? Is your attitude representing Jesus? Does your checkbook represent Jesus? Does your marriage represent Jesus? Are you going from glory to glory? And if not, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to come to a place in your life where you do spiritual evaluation of your life. Do you know that every job I've ever worked, and yes, I've worked outside the church, every job I've ever been a part of, they did evaluations once a year. And if you wasn't meeting up to the standards, they fired you. How many... What would happen if the Lord called you into his office and set you down and did an evaluation of your spiritual life? What kind of grade would you get in your spiritual life? What kind of evaluation would happen in your spiritual life? How much praying are you doing? How much of the study of the Word of God are you doing? How much tithing and giving are you doing? How much are you witnessing outside of the walls of this church? Or are you going to work every day and you're not sharing the love of God with people? Are you being a witness? If you come in here and you speak in tongues and you don't have the ability to open the same mouth and tell the love of God to someone, then ladies and gentlemen, you don't got the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost I got is to be a witness for you to open up your mouth and declare the love of God to a lost and dying world. Are you a witness? How are you growing spiritually? And if you're not growing spiritually, listen, I'm preaching to myself, the Holy Spirit, I, you know, the Holy Spirit said to me, Pastor Brandon, and, and, and I was praying the other day, and I could have swore, either I, I know I don't take drugs, but I, I, either I eat too much cake or ice cream or something was going on, but I was praying, and I felt like the Lord says, son, I want you to give up your internet at your house and take the money, and I want you to sow it into missions or sow it into the church. Instead, come on, and I want you to take the time that you're just exploring on YouTube. I want you to take that time and read a book and re read more of the scripture. I read the Bible, but read more of it. And I was like, is, am I just hearing something? Is this what the Holy Spirit is saying to me? Because I, I have determined in my life that I want to go deeper than I've ever went before. I want to grow deeper than I've ever had before. I want to experience more than I've ever experienced before. And sometimes if that's going to happen, i got to pay the price for it. And if it's going to happen in your life, there are some relationships you're going to have to back off from. There are some decisions that you're going to have to make. There are some hard decisions. Because if you're going to grow, it is hard work. It's hard work to grow. Don't think it's going to be easy. And if you think you're going to grow just by coming to church, you've missed it. Because spiritual growth does not happen because of time. Just because you've been a Christian for years doesn't mean you're growing. So spiritual growth doesn't happen because of time. Spiritual growth doesn't happen because of activity. Just because you are busy as a Christian, that doesn't mean you're growing either. So it doesn't happen because of the passage of time. It doesn't happen because uh, of, of activity. It doesn't happen because of title. It doesn't happen because of spiritual success or physical success. You can be very successful, have a successful 
uh, business or have a successful job, but that doesn't make you a spiritually mature person. You see, what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that the Scripture is very clear that we've got to grow as a believer. Now, the Bible, I, one of the very things that I've seen in the Bible that I find that is so very, very important. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, you don't have to turn there because I want to I, I, I just look at the board here. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12, Jeremy will put it up there. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 12. It says this, I write this, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. Verse number 13, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you children because you've known the father. Now stop there. In this scripture, he is giving the progression of spiritual growth. There is, there is children, there is young men, and there are fathers. Say this with me this morning as loud as you can say it. Say children, young men, and fathers. Say it again. Children, young men, and fathers. Now, for all the women here, understand that this is Old English, number one, and this was written thousands of years ago, so everything's in the male pronoun here. But it is actually represent the, it represents the phases of spiritual growth. You are either a child, you are either young in the faith, or a young man or woman, or you are a father or mother in the faith. And I want to ask this question this morning, how many people are mothers and fathers in the faith? How many people are mothers and fathers in the faith? You have children, you have young men and women, and then you have fathers and mothers. That is the progression of spiritual growth. Now let me explain it to you. How do I know what level I'm at? Well, a child, a child, a child is attached to relationships. A child is attached to his mother and father. A child gets his security from people. And you know you are a spiritual baby when you are attached to relationships and you can't make it without a spirit, you, you can't make it without affirmation and you can't make it without, you know, you always got to have this need to make sure somebody is walking with you. And if somebody don't pat you on the back and somebody don't shake your hand, somebody don't affirm you, then you don't feel special. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't stay at that level forever. You understand what I'm saying? So children are attached to relationships they are, they, they are excited about God, they love God, they, they're forgiven, but they still need that relationship, and there's nothing wrong with it. They need the relationships with people, and you need relationships with people, but relationships with people are complementary to your relationship. They don't commit, they don't complete your relationship. Does that make sense? Somebody say amen. So children, and one of the things about children is they don't have discernment. You'll tell the child, listen, stop that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stop that. Don't put your hands on here. You'll get burned. Children don't have no discernment. And that's what the enemy likes to do. The enemy preys on new converts. Because new converts who are children in the faith, they're excited about God. They love God. They're hooping and hollering. Oh, praise God. But yet it's usually children that get led astray to false doctrines, they get led astray to heresy, they get led astray to things they shouldn't have been led astray, because that's what children do, right? you got to put up a playpen to keep children in one area. Children, children like to church hop. They'll hop from one church to another, they'll, they'll go here, they'll go there, they'll go because children have to have boundaries because they don't want to be planted, they don't want to be told what to do, they, 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 you always got to keep a hold of them. And then you have young men. Young men 
are strong in the Word of God. They have biblical knowledge. They know the Word of God. And then you have fathers who, and fathers and mothers, are those who have discernment between what is good and what is evil. The Bible is very clear that when you are perfect or when you are growing, the very sign of spiritual growth is discernment. That is the sign of spiritual growth. When somebody is a mother and father in the faith, they got a spirit of discernment. You see, children don't got discernment. Young men and young women have biblical knowledge, and that's good. But men and women who are full age of the faith have a spirit of discernment, and they, could, they can discern things. I've been in church all my life, and I've had, I've, I have spiritual fathers in my life, and that's one characteristic of a spiritual father that I appreciate. When I, when I feel like I don't know what to do, I call my spiritual father and I say to him, I don't know what I, uh, to do about this. Well, what is your opinion? And usually... That spiritual father has discernment in my life and can direct me in the right way. And, and, I, and, and that, that is very, very essential to growth and spiritual development. You see, the Bible says, I want you to turn here. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11, Hebrews chapter number 11, I want you to go there. Hebrews chapter number 11, I think it's number 11. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. I want you to look at it. Hebrews 5 and verse number 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need somebody to teach you again the first principles and the oracles of God. And you have, you have come to need milk and not solid food. Look at verse number 13. For everyone who partakes of only milk is unskilled of the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those by reason who have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So, pastor, what are you saying? The scripture is very clear that when you are growing in the Lord, you have a spirit of discernment. When you are growing in the Lord, you know what is right and wrong. You know what is false and what is a counterfeit. You have a spirit of discernment. How many would raise your hand, raise your right hand, and say this with me all together? Come on, raise your right hand and say, in the name of Jesus, I make a commitment that I'm going to grow. I'm going to develop. He has called me to be a spiritual mother or a spiritual father so that I can walk in discernment. And everyone say amen. He has called you to walk in discernment. Are you a child? Are you a young man or woman? Or are you a full age? Are you walking in the spirit? You see, you see, this is very, very important for us. Now, now, why is this so important to Joshua chapter number five? Because I believe that when you are growing in the Lord and when you are progressing in the Lord, Joshua chapter 5 has a whole lot to do with it. Now listen to this. Joshua chapter 5 is the story, it tells the story of the children of Israel. The children of Israel were God's holy people. And get this, God's holy people was in bondage for 430 years. 430 years. From 430 years, they left bondage and they went to the wilderness for 40 years. So guess what? That is 470 years of them not obtaining the promise. 470 years. 430 years they were in Egypt, and 30, 40 years they were in bondage. 
So for 470 years, the children of Israel never, never got to the promised land. Their forefathers died in the promised land. They forfeited what God had for them because they were wondering and complaining. In other words, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, they did not experience spiritual growth and development. And the very first thing that happens here, get this, Joshua chapter number 5, they leave the promised land, they leave the promised land, and when they leave the promised land, it's very important that you don't lose this, they leave the promised land, they leave the wilderness, and now they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River. The Jordan River was the only thing that prohibited them from moving on to Canaan land. And the Bible says they crossed it in Joshua chapter number 5. Look at it. Joshua chapter number 5. Joshua chapter number 5, verse 9. Look at it one more time. Verse number 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of this place is Gilgal. Now the children of Israel camped at Gilgal, kept the Passover at twilight. They ate of the produce of the land after the Passover. Verse 12, the manna stopped. Now guess what? See what's happening here. The children of Israel for 470 years have never reached the promised land. And Joshua chapter number 5 was the seasons of new beginnings. Joshua chapter 5 is a new phase in their life. Joshua chapter 5 is a new chapter in their life. Joshua chapter 5 is a new day in their life. They crossed the Jordan, and the Bible says when they crossed the Jordan, they came to Gilgal. You know what Gilgal means? Turn around, turn around. The Bible says they camped at Gilgal, and they participated with the Passover. Do you know what the word Passover means? The word Passover means change. So isn't it interesting to me that they left the prom, they left Egypt, they left the wilderness, they crossed the Jordan, and when they crossed the Jordan, they come to Gilgal, the first city there. That city means change or turn around. Then they kept the Passover, and that means turn around. So what God was doing, God was telling these people, I'm getting ready to change you. I'm getting ready to do a turnaround in your life. Isn't that what the Bible says? Verse number 9 Joshua 5, 9, he says, I'm going to remove the reproach of Egypt from off of you. This is a new day. This is a new dimension. This is a new chapter. You were 430 years in bondage, 430 years under Pharaoh, 430 years under the tyrant called Pharaoh. You were building pyramids. You were sweating by, the, by your brow. You were, you were being whipped and abused. For 40 years, you wandered in the wilderness and I provided for you, but now there's going to be a change in your life. Now there's going to be a turnaround. He says, I'm going to do something different in your life. There's going to be a new spiritual growth and a new spiritual development in your life. They passed over Jordan, and God says, I'm going to do something new in your life. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If there's ever going to be a change in your life, if there's ever going to be a turnaround in your life, you're going to have to cross the Jordans of your life. You see, Jordan was an obstacle. 
Jordan was a river that they were afraid of, and they had to cross over that river before they got to the promised land. And if you're going to experience change in your life, if you're going to experience a new dimension in your life, if you're going to experience a new chapter in your life, if you're going to experience a new phase in your life, you're going to have to come to a place in your life, and you're going to have to make a decision that I'm going to have to overcome the Jordans of my life. I will never get to where God wants me to go unless first I cross the Jordan which is separating me from what God wants me to do. Are you hearing me this morning? I said, are you hearing me this morning? Once in a while, just shake your head and let me know you're alive. Just once in a while. So they crossed over the Jordan River. And God says, I'm going to change something. And isn't it interesting to me that the manna stopped? Did you see that? Verse number 12. Then the manna ceased on the day that they ate the produce of the land. What are you saying? God supplied the children of Israel with manna every morning and every evening. They didn't have to work. For 40 years, God was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. For 40 years, the people got up every morning and they got out and scooped up the manna. For 40 years, God gave them food. For 40 years, if it was dark outside, he was a pillar of light. If they didn't know where to go, he was a pillar of cloud. If they was hungry, he gave them manna. If they needed water, he made water come from a rock. It, come on, somebody. Everything they needed, God supplied. For 40 years, he was a good dad. For 40 years, he gave them everything they wanted. Now, can you imagine that you didn't have to work? They didn't need to work. God gave them manna. As a matter of fact, the Bible says their clothes never even wore out. So for 40 years, God gave them food. For 40 years, he gave them light. He gave them a cloud for direction. He gave them water from a rock. They didn't have to work. God was a good father to them for 40 years. But the moment, listen to me, the moment they came out of the wilderness, crossed over the Jordan, and got to the promised land, the land that God said was theirs, he stopped the manna. He stopped the water from the rock. He was no longer a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He stopped it. And isn't that interesting to me that... God stopped providing for them? He sure did. The manna stopped. Because what God was saying to these people, this is a new day. This is a new dimension. I am causing you to grow more than you've ever grown before. You have leaned upon me for everything you needed. You have leaned upon me for all the manna. You've leaned upon me for your water. You've leaned upon me for everything. You didn't need to do anything. But he says, this time in your life, I'm requiring you to grow up a little bit, and I'm requiring you to come to a new dimension. I'm requiring you to go to a new phase. And he says, I'm going to stop the manna. Now, some of us would get upset with God. God, I remember three years ago, you used to provide checks for me. I, I mean, I didn't have no food, and somebody come and knock on my door and give me food. I, I didn't know how to pay my bills. Somebody showed up and paid my bills for me. And that's happened to me before. But that was a different phase. 
That's happened to you. But what do you do when provision dries up? What do you do when the manna stops? What do you do when the man is not falling every day? What do you do when you've prayed and you've asked God to provide for you and nothing is there? What do you do when you've done all that you've known to do and the manna has stopped? He used to. You, you have all kinds of stories of how God provided for you. Now listen, God does provide. But this is a story that teaches us that when we go to a new level in God, God provides differently. Are you all with me? This story teaches us that God don't always provide the same way in all the phases of our life. This story teaches us that God provides differently in different seasons and different chapters of our life. The manna dried up, the manna stopped, they crossed the Jordan, and now there's no manna. Can you imagine all these people waking up and they go outside and they're like, Where's the manna? Where's the water? Uh, God, for 40 years you gave me manna. Where, where's it at? Where's the water? Where's the pillar of cloud? I don't, that used to be my GPS, but I don't know what to do anymore. That was a rude awakening for these people. You see what I'm saying? God was saying, I provided that way in your life. But now, I'm going to provide differently in your life now. I used to provide this way, but I'm going to provide this way. What are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that in every season of your life, God provides differently. He still provides, but He provides differently. In every chapter of your life, God provides differently. What does this mean when the manna stops? It means, number one, that God moves and leads us in different phases and chapters of our life. It means that each new phase demands a new response. And it means that each new phase opens new doors. So just because it looks like provision is dried up doesn't mean that God's not with you. It just means that this is a different area of your life and God provides differently. Can I hear an amen? Isn't it interesting to me? Get this. I never saw this before. Never saw it before. Till I was studying, Sister Regina, and it was like a light bulb. Look at this. Do you know that according to the Bible, you, you know they celebrated the Passover. You all know what the Passover is? They ate a meal and remembered how God what? Delivered them from Egypt, right? Now get this. Do you know that when they were released from Egypt and when they went into the wilderness, do you know they only celebrated the Passover three times? That's it. The first time they celebrated it was Exodus chapter number one. Put it up there, Jeremy. Exodus chapter number one is the first time they celebrate the Passover. Exodus chapter number, not number one, but I think it's, Exodus chapter number um, 13. Exodus 13. Put it up there, please. Exodus chapter 13. Number one, the first Passover was from 
bondage to freedom. Bondage to freedom. They celebrated it in Exodus 13. That was bondage to freedom. That was the first time they celebrated the Passover. The second time they celebrate the Passover is Numbers. Numbers chapter 9, verse number 1. Numbers chapter 9, verse 1, that is freedom to wandering. So they celebrated three Passovers. The first one, they celebrated bondage to freedom. They're, they're, they're in slavery, but now they're free. The second time they celebrate the Passover, they're at Mount Sinai in the wilderness in the 40 years. And that time, they remember their freedom to wandering. But the third time they celebrate the Passover is Joshua chapter 5, and that's wandering to occupation. They go from wandering to occupation. Now look at this, look at this, look at this church. In each phase, there is a new dimension. In each new phase, there's a different door. In each new chapter, God was doing something different. In each phase, now let me tell you something. Listen to my heart. That's what God is doing in your life. God is providing differently. God is doing stuff differently. Just because it's not happening the way you think it should doesn't mean that God has left you or forsaken you or abandoned you. What God is trying to do, God is saying, I got a new dimension for you. I got a new phase for you. I got a new chapter for you. I'm not going to provide the same way I used to provide. I'm going to do it a different way, in a different time, in a different season. I'm taking you from glory to glory. I'm growing you and developing you. And some of you are misinterpreting the season of your life as if God has left you or mad at you. And just because you are discouraged doesn't give an excuse for your disobedience. You know, people get discouraged. Well, I'm just going to quit church. Quit. It doesn't work anyway. Just because you're discouraged doesn't give an excuse for your disobedience. So each new phase, God was doing something different, and that's what happens in your life. God moves in phases and chapters. He provides differently. He used to give a manna, but he shut up the heavens and said, listen, I'm not going to give you no manna in this season of your life. And isn't it interesting to me that the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 11, Joshua 5 verse 11, did you see the words here? God stopped the manna, Joshua 5, verse 11, and it says this. Joshua 5, verse 11. And they ate the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. Go to, go to the, yes, go to that one. Verse 12. Then the manna stopped. Now, I'm trying not to get excited here. But I saw something I've never seen before. You ready for this? God stopped the manna. And then they had to eat the produce of the land. In other words, they had to eat of the grain and the fruit that comes from the ground. I'm going to say that again. God, for 40 years, gave them manna. But now in this different season and different dimension, different chapter, God says you're going to have to eat from the ground. I'm going to say that one more time. Forty years, God gave them the water. God gave them the manna. 
But now in this chapter, you're going to have to eat from the fruit of the ground. What are you saying, Pastor? How do you eat from the fruit of the ground? You got to sow the seed. You've got to water the seed. They've got to plant the food in the ground. In other words, this was a season that they have to work. The last season, God just gave them the manna. They didn't need to work. This season, they had to work for it. They had to plant, and they had to sow, and they had to water. They didn't need to do that in the wilderness. They didn't need to plant anything. God gave it for them. God gave it to them. But this season, they have to plant the seed and eat the fruit from the ground. What are you saying, Pastor? Sometimes God moves in seasons. Sometimes God moves in chapters. Sometimes God moves differently in your life. And it's not that God don't love you or care for you. It simply means that God is saying, I'm moving you in a different dimension, a different chapter. I'm not going to provide the same way I used to provide for you. In this season of your life, you're going to have to learn to be patient. You're going to have to learn to plant. You're going to have to learn to wait on me. You're going to have to learn to fight. You're going to have to learn to be stable. You're going to have to learn to believe in me. I'm not going to provide quickly like I used to. You're going to have to plant and wait for the harvest. And in this season of our life, we don't like waiting on God. But they had to plant and wait for the seed to grow, and then they could eat it. What do you do when the manna stops? You know why the manna is stopped? Because God says, I want you to dig a little deeper. I want to produce growth in your life. I want, to do, I want to bring you to a different chapter and a phase in your life. What do you do when it stops? You eat the produce of the land, and in order for you to eat the produce of the land, you've got to sow seed, you've got to wait for it, and you've got to eat it. In other words, you've got to work. Sometimes in the kingdom of God, you've got to work to praise God. Sometimes you don't feel like praising God, but in this season, you've got to work to praise God. You don't feel like giving in the offering. Sometimes it's just work. you just got to make yourself do it. In this season of your life, it doesn't come easily. You've got to learn to work and fight for it. Now, isn't it crazy that right after the manna stopped, I'm going to close with this. Right after the manna stopped, verse 13. The manna stopped 12. I'm going to close with this. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted his eyes, looked, behold, a man stood opposite of him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or our adversaries? He said, No. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said, What does my Lord say to his servant? Now he's worshipping an angel. But it's not just an angel, it's Christ, a theophany. Christ came in the form of an angel to Joshua. He falls and worships him. He says, Take your sandals off, for you're on holy ground. Now, everybody look up here. See the progression? God says, I'm moving in different seasons. I move in different chapters of your life. I provide differently. The manna may not always be there. 
but I'm bringing you up to a chapter or a phase or a dimension in your life where I provide differently. And in this season of your life, this is what happens. Joshua 5, verse 13. This is the key. Joshua was used to having manna every morning for 40 years. Every, every morning he'd get out and pluck manna. And one morning, Brother Mike, Joshua wakes up. He's in the new land and there is no manna. He looks up and he sees an angel with a sword. You mean to tell me there's no more manna? Where's the manna at? There's a man with a sword. Joshua says, are you for us? Are you against us? The angel said, I'm neither for you or against you. I'm just here. Do you see what the Spirit is saying? For 40 years, I gave you what you wanted. But I'm bringing you to a different level of growth. This level of growth is a season of warfare. This is a season of the sword. And in this dimension of your life, you're going to have to fight for some things. I'm not always going to provide everything you need right when you need it and every time you scream for it. This is a dimension of your life where the angel has a sword drawn and that is a sign of warfare. How do I know? Because when they got to the promised land, they had to kill all the ites. They didn't have the manna. They didn't have the water from the rock. They had to fight. What are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you today and you're really discouraged and you feel as though God has left you. You don't know where, what you're doing in your life. God used to provide this way for you and you haven't seen provision in a while. And the Holy Spirit is saying to you that it's not that God is not providing for you. God is providing for you, but it's a new season, a new dimension, a new chapter in your life where God is bringing you deeper. He's taking you from point A to point C. He's taking you from glory to glory to glory. And in each dimension, he's teaching you something new. And this dimension, he's teaching you that you've got to plant the seed, you've got to be patient, and you've got to work for some things. And he's also teaching you that you've got to fight for some things. You've got to stand in faith and believe God. He's not called you to give up and throw in the towel. He's called you to, in this season to be a warrior in the spirit realm. Can you please clap your hands and say, yes, I agree. This is a season of warfare. The man has stopped, but there's a sword drawn. You've got to fight. You've got to fight for those kids that's on drugs. You've got to fight for it. You say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. This is a season of warfare. The man is not flowing like it used to, but you've got to fight. Well, people's coming against me. Fight, baby, fight. He's not called you to quit and give up. He's called you to fight. He's called you to be patient. He's called you to stand on your own two feet and learn how to fight in the Spirit. And I wish there would come a day in the Spirit 
and a day and time where God would raise up some folks that know how to pray in the Spirit and know how to stand in the Spirit and know how to believe God for the impossible. I'm tired of people complaining. I'm tired of people not believing in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe in the supernatural. I believe that God is who God said He was. I want to tell you today, the Spirit of God is saying to some of you, get your fight back. Start fighting again. Quit letting the devil run all over you. This ain't no parade where we're just waving a bunch of banners. This is a foxhole, baby. Get in the foxhole, learn how to fight. Stand up. Fight for your family. How do I fight? You fight in prayer. What does it mean to be a warrior? Being consistent and persistent with your principles in the face of opposition and obstacles. That's what it means to be a warrior. I am consistent and persistent with principles in face of opposition and obstacles. And are you a warrior? Can you be persistent and consistent with principles in face of strong opposition and obstacles? what it means to be a warrior. This is a new season, a new dimension. He's called you to grow up and come to a new level. What is the sign of spiritual maturity? Look, what is the sign? It's discernment. And those who are spiritually a father and mother can discern that the season has changed in my life. And I've got to be patient, I've got to fight, and I've got to be a warrior. You've got to discern the seasons. You've got to discern what the Spirit of God is doing. You've got to discern what season and chapter you are in your life. What chapter are you in? What season are you in? Just because the man has stopped doesn't mean that God has stopped. God is working. Did you enjoy the Word today?